Hello, welcome to Swiss Up, a podcast about Swiss entrepreneurship, sharing ideas, projects, and stories from founders and people making Switzerland the most innovative country in the world. Do you know what is the relationship between Switzerland and SpaceX Hyperloop concept? No, you don't know? Well, Switzerland was first in thinking about this high-speed mode of transportation thanks to Marcel Juffer and the Swiss Metro project put forward in 1974. In this episode of Swiss Up, I sat down with the EPFL Hyperloop team who became very popular following their success at the Hyperloop competition last summer in California. For those who are not familiar with the Hyperloop concept, it's a hyperspeed transportation model that consists of pods going through tubes at a speed of 1,200 km per hour or 700 miles per hour. This is a fifth way of transportation after cars, planes, boats and trains and it was put forward by Elon Musk as an alternative to the California high-speed rail system that is currently under development. The Hyperloop competition is an annual competition organized by SpaceX and the Boeing company in California where they invite students from all around the world to design and test their prototypes in the SpaceX tubes and therefore to contribute to the research and development of this new way of transportation. The EPFL Hyperloop team took part in the competition for the first time last year and after arriving in third position out of thousands of applicants, they are now aiming, and I'm sure they will, win the competition this year. The project that initially started with a small team of students has now grown into a team of more than 30 to 40 dedicated students from the EPFL. They have the whole country and many key partners that support them to make Switzerland shine in this competition. In this episode, we will talk about their experience with the Hyperloop competition, the team, the support they need and what they need for this year's competition, and we will also talk about some technical aspects of the pod and what are their views on this fifth mode of transportation for the future. I sat down with Lorenzo Benedetti, who is the EPFL Hyperloop team lead, Nicolas Paltengi, who is the mechanical team leader, and Theophane Dignier, who is the propulsion team leader. I hope you enjoy our conversation and don't hesitate to share the word about SwissUp and to support the EPFL Hyperloop team for this year's competition.
very much for having me. Today we're going to talk about uh, different things, but first of all, it would be great if we could talk more about the Hyperloop Pod competition. Maybe if someone wants to describe the aim and the mission of the competition. Okay. Uh, the Hyperloop Pod competition is a competition that has been uh, organized by Elon Musk and uh, SpaceX, uh, the boring company. Uh, it's a competition that um, invites all the university in the world, all the students, uh, to create a pod and test it on the track uh, that is located in uh, SpaceX headquarters in uh, Houghton, California. Um, the aim of the project is on the one side to test uh, which pod is the fastest and on the other side uh, to uh, push forward uh, the innovation on the topic of the Hyperloop. Um, and how many te teams are participating? Well, uh, there are thousands of teams that participate every year mm -hmm. and then from those thousands just 20, about 20 uh, teams get invited to, to uh, SpaceX. And, in the, and during, the, uh, during the week uh, where, the, the pod, uh, where the pods are there in the SpaceX, they, they are tested, uh, they are evaluated, and the three best teams are allowed to run in, inside uh, the, the tube, the Hyperloop uh, tube, which is, uh, which yeah. is like the, the final, <laughs> yes. the final <laughs> test for, for the pod. And so what are you uh, judged on? What are the, like, the criteria? So the the Hyperloop uh, uh, competition is is divided, as we said, in uh, a week of uh, testing, in which uh, the SpaceX engineers and the students uh, um, discuss about the design of the pod, make some changes if required. There is a long list of tests uh, that uh, we have to um, pass before entering in the in the Hyperloop. So. Uh, there are more than 130 tests, so it's a very long <laughs> list. Mm -hmm. It's a very uh, long week of, uh, of work and testing. And then the best three teams, which are capable of uh, showing that the pod is uh, safe, reliable, that the behavior of the pod is, uh, of the prototype is what is expected and the performance is what is expected, then those three teams are invited to launch their pod in vacuum inside the, the tube of... Uh, of the, of the Hyperloop. Yes, and last year you were in the first three teams to, to Exactly. Yeah. Okay. And do you have like a, an overall impression of the of the competitions? Maybe a few words that you know comes to your mind. I would say excitement. Uh, that competition is really an amazing uh, journey. Uh, being with other teams, competing for innovation. Uh, creating new ideas, uh, developing new technologies, even uh, the, even those things were developed by us, by other teams. That's really exciting. And uh, being part of that, it's really okay. something great. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if we... Let's, let's not go into too many details because you can go into that later. But in terms of the technical challenges that you, you have faced during the competition and, and other teams... Uh, faced. Yeah, so uh, as you certainly know, the goal is to reach the, the biggest speed in the Hyperloop tube. That means you, you're going to uh, try to reach the, the max power to weight ratio for your pod. In, in, uh, you have to, to fulfill that, uh, that requirement, uh, fulfilling also the safety is issues, mm -hmm. uh, all the safety problems that 
SpaceX uh, takes care about. Uh, there are a lot of, of aspects, uh, from the batteries to uh, the suspensions, the motors and uh, all that, uh, <laughs> the pressure systems also, yes. uh, which uh, gave us uh, some, uh, some is issues. issues. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there are a lot of things that are really... Uh, yeah, because I read that, for instance, uh, the ETH uh, in Zurich, they had a technical issue, so they could not test something, or I don't... Yeah. Well, even during one of the tests of that uh, first testing week, when we need to show reliability, uh, one of their components fails and uh, was kind of cascading effect that and that first failure mm -hmm. destroys uh, destroyed also other devices in their ports. Uh, making them fail and they were not able to repair their parts. Oh even. really? Yeah. So, so that's why they, they were quite in advance in terms of power or points for the rest of the reliability and tests. <laughs> and fortunately for them that uh, yeah that problem occurs. Okay. Because can you do testing before the competition? I guess yes, but not in the same conditions, right? Yeah, the in fact the the technical let's say uh, let's say the, the, the problem is to test everything on the pod before going there obviously you want to know if your if your prototype is working the thing is that nobody in the world except spacex have a vacuum chamber of one kilometer length for sure, for sure. <laughs> and, and consequently you have to find uh, alternative ways of testing your 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 prototype um, unfortunately sometimes unfortunately there are unforeseen things like for example in this case uh, for the colleagues at the ETH Zurich. One of the tests uh, uh, is, for example, putting your pod in a vacuum chamber. So if you don't have access of a vacuum chamber that is big enough to, to uh, put your pod inside, usually pods are minimum one meter and a half length uh, long and uh, not more than five meters. But I mean, it's difficult also to, yes. have to reach five meters. So usually it's between one and a half and two meters. Uh, but even a vacuum chamber of that size is difficult to find if you don't have like an amazing structure behind you that can help you to test all these kind of things. For sure, yeah, I understand. <laughs> <laughs> and so if we go now to the EPFL Hyperloop uh, team, so when was it created and why did you create the, the team? So the team was created uh, last year in September 2017 by the, from the idea of uh, one student, Denis Tudor, and uh, with the uh, support of one professor, Mario Paolone, which is the uh, reference of the, the distributed electrical uh, systems here in EPFL in the department of, in the School of uh, Electrical Engineering. And um, starting from there, it was mostly, a, <laughs> it seems, um, it was a small idea to, to create like a small team to try to compete in this competition. Then things grew up, people entered in the team, uh, Teofan and Nicolas were in the team since the beginning. I joined a little bit later. Mm -hmm. And so things grew up after after a few months. And when we received, the, obviously, the news that we were going to LA last year, it was obviously an amazing, <laughs> an amazing success. So at that point, we felt like really a team and we felt that we could compete. Because when you received the, the news, did you have like a pod ready or like oh, no. not at all? No, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> no okay. Usually, usually... Um, it's difficult because in nine months you have to design from scratch a completely new pod uh, which is innovative and uh, different from the one that you created the, the previous year mm -hmm. um, then you you have to design it and then when you know that you're going to LA you start manufacturing it so 
you can do like the pod, the, the pod uh, engineering in your mind or with sketches, with the drawings, <laughs> with uh, obviously uh, technical drawings, but then the reality of the thing is that more, way more different. You usually wait until you are sure that you're going to Los Angeles yeah. embarking in some kind of uh, uh, sure. work uh, 24 hours yeah. a day <laughs> for, okay. for the production. <laughs> Okay, and in, in terms of the team, so maybe uh, you can talk a bit more about yourself, so maybe more about your background, but it will also be great after to talk about who is part of the EPFL uh, Hyperloop uh, team. So maybe you start. Yeah, yeah okay, so um, the, the team itself is composed by uh, more than 30 students that are uh, selected be between those uh, areas that we are interested in, so mechanical engineering, um, electrical engineering, there are people in the software engineering as well uh, for, the, for the software that we need to, to run our pod. Um, there are also parts that, that take care of the business side of the, of the, of the team and there are people that take care of, of the communication and the public relations. Okay. Um, last year we were heavily relying on the technical <laughs> part because obviously we wanted to participate to the competition. Uh, this year we have a, a more keen uh, eye in the direction of the um, uh, public relation and the business side because we understood that there is a lot of interest around us on, on these topics. So usually we are between 30 and 40 uh, people, mostly students. Uh, there are a few advisors which uh, are, key, are happy to help us in the, in the process, but the, 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 it's a student project. So mm -hmm. the students have to design, has to manufacture, has to follow all the, all the aspects of the, of the project. So is it like mostly students who do a PhD or like a master degree or so bachelor degree or what? So the, the, the project is very complex and it has a very high pace. So usually, master students find themselves more comfortable mm. uh, than bachelor students. Mm. Uh, obviously, PhD students it depends because obviously they are uh, they have a commitment with the school, and so <laughs> they have to fulfill first the commitment with the school. But yeah, in general, uh, the the most let's say the most successful part uh, uh, is let's say not I would not say the most successful but the most active part is the, the master students and the and the PhD students okay. if possible so you for instance uh, uh, so I I joined the the, the, the group as a, an advisor because I'm a postdoc student mm -hmm. uh, well postdoc students not I'm a postdoc researcher uh, I was a PhD student and uh, my background is in civil engineering and I did a PhD in structural analysis which is the the field of uh, uh, analyzing uh, uh, structure, uh, complex shapes, uh, um, okay. the chassis of uh, <laughs> racing cars or, or uh, buildings, uh, bridges, uh, and so on. And I always was uh, kind of uh, attracted by by the hyperloop concept. Uh, and when I knew that there was like a team, I tried to to, to yeah, exactly yeah. to start to enter to get interested in it. And then um, things really in, was uh, bigger and bigger and I uh, was more motivated to, to help the guys uh, and at some point uh, when we in August we came back from Los Angeles I was uh, offered this, uh, this position of being uh, uh, el directly helpful in the sense of being uh, coordinating a little bit the team for this year. So since uh, 
basically we became uh, almost a family because everybody was uh, really on board uh, we said i said personally yes why not yeah okay really... and you your friend so uh, my background is in electrical engineering um at the moment a master student in electrical engineering i joined the team as lorenzo said uh, really in the beginning mm -hmm. of uh, its history uh, and my role was as proportionally to um, coordinate integration of the motor we had its controller and uh, yeah, check everything uh, around that in order to make sure that it would work. Mm -hmm. um, okay. And you, Nicola? Uh, yeah, uh, I'm a quite special student for a master in EPFL because, in fact, uh, I began um, to work in the field of mechanics uh, from uh, 2008. I did an, an apprenticeship in EPFL. Uh, where you learn to machine parts, to assemble parts, and you 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 uh, learn all the procedures and things to really uh, make practical things in mechanics. Then I do I did a bachelor uh, in Yverdon at the um, engineering school at Yverdon, and uh, now I am uh, doing my master my master uh, here in the EPFL. Yeah. Okay, so cool. So everyone has a. Kind of different background, but still uh, related to. That's the treasure of the stuff. team. We have kind of uh, complementary backgrounds. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not able to do what my guy from mechanics does <laughs> do, obviously. <laughs> and on the other uh, direction, let's say, uh, yeah, I know things that people from mechanics do not know. So we're very complementary, and we are on the edge of yeah, everything is high technology. You need people that master one domain. Yes, and together. in the end, who all the team will attend uh, the competition in Los Angeles? So yeah, usually, um, as I would say, <laughs> as a, a colleague of ours would say, this project is mostly the um, the proof that the, Dar the Darwinian law works in the sense that it's so intense and it's so uh, it requires a lot of effort, and so finally, only the people that can sustain this kind of <laughs> this level of uh, intensity will remain in the team and so the the, the, the core group gets uh, usually defined by by the time that uh, by the spring and so and then that is the core group that will participate to the competition in Los Angeles. So how many hours like uh, a week or, or like I don't know if you can count or like <laughs> approximately how, how? We counted uh, last year that uh, to, to just manufacture the body was more than 50,000 hours. <laughs> okay, I see. A very big uh, involvement. Uh, yes, like, yes. Uh, and yeah. I, I have to uh, say that all this involvement is in the spare time of everybody because we are not uh, paid for doing this. We take the, the time of our normal job to participate in this. And uh, yeah, so it's up to everybody to know exactly how to manage the situation, mm -hmm. how to manage time, time and energy. <laughs> so uh, that's also why we are, we cannot call ourselves like a company or <laughs> work uh, as, as a company. We have to be a little bit more uh, a startup or a student, it's a student project still. Mm -hmm. So. It, yeah, that's why I was saying before that at some point we know each, it, the needs of each other and we know exactly how to behave with each other and uh, and, yeah. and the complementary part is fundamental. Yeah, 
Okay, cool. And in terms of, you know, the support from uh, the APFL and support from the Swiss uh, ecosystem, so you have uh, Marcel Juffer, who is an advisor or like a main supporter of the project, correct? Yes, um, Marcel Juffer, as maybe you know, uh, had, the, had the idea a few dozen of years ago of Swiss Metro, which is basically on, relies on the same principle and hypo, so basically a vacuum tube with a vehicle which is in the tube, levitating in most cases, in order to reduce the effects of the ambient air you have around, like when you're on a bicycle and you feel the wind uh, on your face, if you don't have air anymore, you don't have that, that wind. Uh, um, and yeah, so he, he has been really supportive uh, with us to, in that project and still helping us and understanding how to move in the vacuum, how to do those things, and I believe he's of a big support, yes. And in terms of the EPFL, it's, I suppose, I don't know, but is it the EPFL who, like, you know, helps uh, financially, like, to create the pod, etc., or, like, how do you function, basically? No one is paid, but how do you, how does it work to create uh, the pod? Uh, we, we have a lot of support from EPFL, mm -hmm. uh, for sure. Uh, we are really encouraged to, to, to give uh, our best in this project, mm -hmm. but we also have um, a lot of uh, support from uh, companies uh, which are in the technical fields uh, that are uh, part of, the, of this, uh, this competition. So it's a, it's a mix between EPFL and other companies. Yeah. I see. In EPFL, mostly is the, uh, uh, is the school uh, STI, the school uh, of, engineering, yes. of engineering technology, and, and mostly is the Department of Electrical Engineering, Department of Mechanical Engineering, which uh, provide us think, the spaces and... Uh, you and, have the space here. Yeah, we have a little space to, to work a little bit, uh, obviously, because we... <laughs> you need space. <laughs> a, little, a little bit to prepare the, the, the pod. Um, so do you have like a, an atelier? Or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We have a laboratory here mm -hmm. that we can show you <laughs> later. But yes. yeah, we have a, here a, a laboratory where we where we work. Um, that the team can access and, and stay also <laughs> until night. <laughs> um, and then, as uh, Nicola was saying, the support of the companies around the PFL in the PFL ecosystem is very important. Um, as you may know, the, the PFL uh, has the uh, inside the, the campus as the innovation part, which is mostly spin-off of the EPFL, or anyway, there is a very uh, close connection between the work done at EPFL in the sense of research and then the work done uh, in the startups and innovation part. Uh, so, <clears throat> in practice, we are in between of the two worlds, uh, taking advantage of the knowledge that uh, the university gives to the students and at the same time uh, getting advantage of having the connection directly with the industry with people can uh, can give us like a direction where to go where to find uh, the pieces and and mostly if it's possible to um, reach that edge of technology that is required for a project like this okay cool okay great cool uh, so now if we talk more about uh, the pod so uh, I prepared some questions, but I'm not very technical, so you can go and you know be, be you know be as technical as you want for the audience as well to understand, you know, so a bit of a balance. So 
in terms of the speed and uh, you know so I read that during the competition you managed to go up until uh, 200 kilometers uh, on 300 meters I think mm -hmm. is that correct yes so how do you make that happen you know for the speed and like how do you make how do you build uh, a pod that you know can go up to this speed so as uh, we discussed just before um, the the secret is the, the the power to weight ratio uh, that that's what's gonna condition your, your best speed so we built a pod with a really powerful motor which is around uh, 200 kilowatts so that's more powerful than any uh, general car you can find it's on the road 270 horsepower yeah okay. that's true as a, yeah as a reference it's uh, imagine that you turn on uh, 200 microwave at the same time <laughs> this is the amount of power that you have <laughs> yeah, so. yeah. So yeah, that's that's about twice the power of a normal car you can find on the road, and uh, for a weight of three hundred kilograms, so it's really a beast. Oh, really, <laughs> it's, okay. it's the same. It's close to the power ratio, power to weight ratio of the most expensive supercars, hypercars you can find on the yeah, or on the the MotoGP motorcycles. Yeah. Uh, and you built the... you built it. Yeah. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Okay, so it's yeah. quite impressive. Yeah. <laughs> and how long did, did it take? So there is a long part of uh, design uh, from uh, October of last year. Uh, we began to, to, uh, to, to design a concept, to, to think uh, how we would um, uh, propulse our pod and how the chassis should look like, the suspension all that, and all that. And from the, 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 the answer from SpaceX, when we knew that we were going to go in uh, California, we began to, to manufacture the pod and it took like uh, two, three or, two, or four months, I think, uh, which is uh, really fast to, to build such a machine. And so what are the main uh, components, like the three main elements or like components of the pod, the most important ones? Uh, I would say that the pod architecture uh, relies on the material we have and how we integrate it to transfer the power from just something rotating, it's a traditional model, to the rest of the pod and so modern plus transmission and the batteries. Uh, we have really high power density batteries that are of the same kind as the one that are used for Formula E racing and can deliver. And then we build the architecture around let's say, those two components and also with the motor controller, which is quite, uh, yeah, it's 15 kilos. It's not a lot for the power it has, but still you have to integrate it. So we have kind of those three systems mm -hmm. and then everything is there to uh, make those systems useful. Of course, uh, if you don't integrate them, they are useless. Yes. And uh, so in terms of the different steps, you know, that you took, so you said the design, etc. So you started with the motor or like yeah yeah so in the, fact, the we, different steps to build the pod really uh, in the design uh, at the, the beginning of the design in fact we we tried to uh, to write uh, an optimization problem where we took uh, several motors which were possible to to, to be used uh, several um, types of batteries uh, that can uh, supply the motor and then uh, try to um, to have an idea uh, from the weight of the motor, its power, 
the, power, the, the, the energy of the batteries, the weight, to try to have an idea of uh, how big should be, for example, the frame, mm -hmm. so the chassis of the pod, the brakes, and uh, try, depending on the motors, to have values for the other components, so weights. And then, uh, for every possibility, we tried to compute the max speed uh, we could reach in the hyperloop tube, and we selected the best option. And from that, we designed all the subsystems. That means uh, uh, the pack of batteries, the chassis, the brakes, the suspension, the, the, the mechanical um, transmission from the motor to the, the propulsion wheel, those kind of things. Yeah. So what's the speed that you are trying to reach then? Um, the, 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 the first computations where uh, we, we should have reached uh, 450 kilometers an hour, which is very close to, uh, in fact, what the winner did. They, they did like 460, something like that. Um, unfortunately, as you, prob you probably saw uh, during the final, we had a, a problem. Uh, the wheel slipped. Uh, during the acceleration, which uh, in fact uh, limited our speed a lot, because in fact the the position of the pod is computed from the integration of the, the speed, and as the speed of the motor uh, was very high because of the slipping, the pod stopped before the targeted distance. That was due to um, env environmental con conditions in the tube that we didn't. Uh, taking account and also uh, some little uh, things we forgot to do. But last, uh, yeah, and last, yeah. <laughs> and, uh, because the, 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 the vacuum tube is used by us, but it's used by other things. And what, uh, what happened before our run is that uh, other competitors were using uh, compressed air, which Basically, moved all the dust that was in the in the in the tube and uh, it deposited on top of the track, and we were relying heavily on the ad adhesion, on the adherence of the wheel to the track. So, mm -hmm. like a sport car, when you push too much on the accelerator, you can slip mm -hmm. your wheels, and unfortunately, the dust was so much that we slipped and we couldn't recover. Oh, so there are lots of dust, like it's uh... yeah. In fact, we, we had a sweet and sour uh, <laughs> feeling, <laughs> feeling uh, some weeks ago because we did some um, demonstrations for students and we built a rail uh, here at EPFL to, to, to show the pod accelerating. And we, we saw that uh, by uh, having some, uh, some cleaning of the wheel with speci special products uh, as it, it was... Uh, it should have been done, and without any dust, uh, we we have been able to reach uh, the, the the acceleration and the transmission of power we we should have done in in uh, Los Angeles. So, so we were a bit sad to see that, but <laughs> in a sense, we were happy to see that in fact the pod was well uh, designed. I see. And so for next year, what what are you gonna do then? Yeah, for next year, we we cannot rely on the same system of last year. Um, and so basically, we are redesigning everything <laughs> from scratch, uh, taking account of this, this aspect of the environmental condition. One thing that the team didn't expect, uh, probably because we had a, a very 
nice idea of SpaceX in our mind. We expected the track to be very clean and, and straight. It's a prototype track and something <laughs> like that. But the reality of the thing is, it, the reality is not that uh, um, that precise, that perfect. So this year we are taking into account all the possible environmental conditions before coming there. It has been like a lot of experience that we accumulated because in every test, obviously, we gather all the data from our pod and, and all the things. And um, and we are using we are putting to good use all these experiences for for next year in order to design the uh, uh, system that can automatically know and rely on this uh, change of environmental condition if it's possible. And so and the the tube is at uh, SpaceX HQ or like yes. where is it? Okay, it's located in front of the SpaceX uh, headquarters. Uh, there is a long street that basically goes around the headquarters it's and uh, on the side of this street the, the the tube is located there okay um during the year is not used unless for specific uh, spacex uh, test but right. um, uh, usually uh, they have other things to do <laughs> um and then it's used during the competition uh, in the summer um it's one kilometers and a half long about one mile long and we can use it up to 1,200 meters uh, to have some seconds. obviously safety distance from the end of it. Usually the tests that in the, in the days before the competition are done without removing the air from the, from, the, from the tube. The final run is done in vacuum condition as the Hyperloop uh, uh, concept should be. And so this can also change some, some particular <laughs> things. Uh, okay, cool. So do you want to add any technical uh, points? We could add, I think, at least 1,000 points. <laughs> uh, at least. Maybe. At least. Like, <laughs> we can speak all night. So with something that you would like to share with um, you? Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, there are so many things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What can, we can say that um, we were using um, our main computer uh, for the pods. A device from National Instrument called Compact Trio, which is basically kind of embedded system uh, computer, and uh, we were finalists for a competition uh, this autumn on innovation with those kind of products. So besides SpaceX competition, we also did well on another competition yes, uh, exactly. thanks to that project. <laughs> uh, with the same pod. With the same pod. Okay, okay. Yeah. the design of the pod. We yeah, need. exactly, because the pod is autonomous. We basically select one kind of uh, um, target, as Nicola was saying, a target distance, a target speed. And then the pod itself autonomously uh, manage itself during the run. So uh, for this reason, we need an onboard computer that is capable of dealing with uh, all this information and and uh, be ready when it, the, the, the button is pushed. And the uh, National Instrument was supporting us with, uh, uh, with the onboard computer, and we have been developing the software for that, at least. Not me personally, but we have a, a software team that is working on that uh, they, on, on the, on the uh, navigation system. And they have been selected between uh, uh, the Innovation Awards from National Instrument, which is obviously a great pleasure when you see that 
all your work uh, is uh, <laughs> is well received also by by the partners that, yes. that that want to participate with you. Another partner that is uh, always supporting us, for example, is uh, Comsol Switzerland, which provides us the numerical uh, simulation software because we try to model every aspect of the of the of the pod before in in the computer in the, say in the, from the simulation point of view uh, and then there we decide uh, which uh, design we want to go with and so on and they have been keen in uh, being with us all the way <laughs> to the end uh, and uh, and inviting us to their conference to present the, the pod oh, and, yeah. and and the work um, Many other, many other support uh, from uh, well, uh, Brusa, which is a company in uh, in uh, located uh, in Canton San Gallen. In, exactly in the Canton of San Gallen. Uh, then, uh, for example, uh, some laboratory in the APFL gave us support, for example, for the construction of the aeroshell, which is the um, external cover of the pod. Uh, yeah, what is the material? A carbon fiber, mm -hmm. and uh, the for. Uh, uh, to three meters and a half length uh, of uh, aeroshell, uh, we reached uh, seven kilos of weight, which is uh, amazing. It's very light, uh, including painting. Including painting, <laughs> because it starts to be uh, important. Yeah, yeah, exactly. For such uh, exactly, painting places. accounts for half a kilo. Or, uh, really? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't seem, but uh, at the end of the day, all these uh, small details can change uh, your performance a little bit. So, and uh, you know, in terms of the design of your pod, how was it compared to the other team's uh, pod? Is it kind of, I guess it's kind of similar, right? Or not, uh, not, yeah, because so it all goes in the same uh, tube, e exactly. So, yeah, so the, the actual, let's say, uh, connection uh, with, the, with the tube, uh, it's uh, there is an aluminium rail uh, located at the center of the tube on which the pod can rest and can accelerate. There is also a flat part on, on both sides of this rail where, where you can have wheels. And so the design is similar in some sense and different uh, with uh, other other teams. Uh, in in our case, our pod was on the uh, heavier and most powerful side. In uh, in the other case, for example, for the colleagues uh, of uh, Delft University in Netherlands, was lighter, but the motor was also less powerful. Um, the winner uh, ran from uh, the. Um, uh, Technical University in Munich, they went for very low power uh, for each motor, but they had uh, something like eight motors, uh, one in each wheel, um, and so this was another concept. Uh, other uh, universities, like for example the University of, uh, if I remember correctly, uh, Washington went for a compressed air, so basically like a small rocket uh, opening, <laughs> and, and so the Beside the fact that the, the the tube is always the same for everybody, uh, obviously the SpaceX tries to have very different concepts to go one against the other just to see who can go faster. And so this year, are you going to change the design? Or? Yeah, good question. <laughs> we, we must change the design. Uh, that's a rule from SpaceX. They oh, want really? new ideas, new things like that. So we have new ideas. Okay, you cannot talk about it. Uh, not, no. not yet. When, when will you be able to? Well, in spring we are anyway planning to have uh, a, an event of, for unveiling the pod. Uh, we realized that anyway, in nine months from design to manufacture and testing, it's not possible 
to change your design after a certain date because obviously it takes so much time and so much effort that will be known. So usually in spring, uh, beginning of summer, all the teams unveil their own pod and yeah. the technology that is inside there. And then at that point, it's a matter of... Uh, uh, because the competition is in Ju July. Yeah, you, yeah, last year was in July. And this year? And this year we don't have still the exact uh, week, uh, but it, it says summer 2019. Oh, really? Okay. Yes. Okay. So you are finalizing the design now? Exactly. Yeah. How much does it cost approximately to build such a pod? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, the total cost of, uh, of uh, the pod uh, and included uh, the, the man hours <laughs> and so on, it's, uh, it's around uh, hundreds of uh, thousands of francs. Um, hundreds? Hundreds? <laughs> hundreds of thousands of francs. Okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> 100,000 francs. Uh, it really depends on the... Some teams are heavily relying on uh, the support from industries, so they can probably access even more funds. <laughs> Other teams are like, we want to maintain a project as a student project, and for this reason, uh, we rather prefer not to rely heavily on, the, on these kind of things. Yes. Uh, the, the design has to be done by us, uh, the, the work has to be done by us, and, and so on. To maintain the spirit of the, of course, of the, <laughs> of the competition yeah, yeah, yeah. as it is, otherwise it's a competition between companies. And yeah, it's not the goal. No. Exactly. Okay, so now uh, moving on to, uh, you know, the vision of, you know, the Hyperloop competition. And so, you know, if we talk more about the fifth mode of transportation. So, you know, the, the story behind is uh, that Elon Musk thought about, you know, a super fast travel line that will occur. And uh, it's like basically to invent a new way of transportation that goes faster that is maybe more ecological and maybe you can talk a bit more about that because you know more than me but yeah so what are your your thoughts on uh, this uh, fifth mode of uh, transportation and is the APFL uh, vision to really contribute to this future of transport or is it your project that is contributing to that the the idea of uh, traveling in a vacuum tube is not something that has been invented uh, or thought for the first time by Elon Musk. Already at the beginning of the 1900s, that was the idea that eliminating the effect of the air around you will allow you to go faster. Mm -hmm. uh, and so there were like some proposals for for uh, for this thing, but they were like kind of missing some some link, something that can make it real. Here in APFL, we have we had the, the Swiss Metro project that mm -hmm. has born here, and so there is some kind, some tradition around here about this this project, and it was 1970s, 1980s, uh, where the the technology was already there. The know the know how how to create this kind of transportation system was already there. Probably the social acceptance was not there, or anyway the the global support was not there because there was more there were more interest in the more practical project than creating another way of transportation okay and now the, that's very interesting to see that um, 
we are reaching a point where we need to introduce another system of transportation because the, the problem is, is shifting to the fact that we cannot travel faster, we cannot move faster, and there is uh, a transportation issue at the base. So having this possibility of, let's say, working in this, uh, in this field, uh, it's uh, exciting, and at the same time, we, we realize that it's, uh, it's like a, 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 there is a, a part of the society that really needs this kind of transportation to, to, to move on. And the technical aspect, again, they can talk better than me about this, but the technical aspects that were developed in the past that can be used again right now and with more understanding from uh, both the uh, research point of view where we have new materials, uh, better performance, uh, and on the other side also better social acceptance because the innovation and the technology is part now of, of the society. Also, the, the main idea of the Hyperloop is more to compete against airplanes. Balloons can go fast. Uh, they are also going in altitude to avoid having too much air. Also, to increase the speed. But the problem is that the energy consumption is really high. So, really, the, the idea lying be, behind uh, the Hyperloop concept or Swiss Metro was to say, okay, we'll have the consumption, the energy consumption of train, but with the speed of airplanes. That's really the target, and that's feasible. That's why there are companies now doing that commercially. Um, the first prototype are being built those weeks, those months, those years. Well, the, the idea is underlying is that. And uh, obviously, uh, EPF has always been a school of engineering uh, trying to push towards innovation. And uh, Swiss Metro and now Hyperloop have quite yeah, now sentimental uh, things because that project has uh, impregnated uh, the world of the school uh, during the... Uh, so you think yeah. that, you know, in the future we will uh, sit in a big pod, I would say, I don't know how you call that, and uh, travel underground or overground, but in uh, tubes? Yeah, why not? Yeah. The, the capsule by itself, uh, it's not more different than uh, a train or an airplane. Yes. Uh, if you think there are... Uh, with high-speed trains, there are uh, we don't feel something that is far away from us. It's normal to take a train. Uh, it's also normal now to take an airplane. Mm -hmm. And 40 years ago, maybe it was very, For very sure. common, right? So, in reality, uh, yeah, it, it, I see it very plausible in the next few years to see this technology moving forward. Um, also, from the point of view of the technology that uh, has been discussed, the sometimes ago some people asked me during one of the, the public events that we do in order to, to inform, uh, obviously, uh, to, to represent EPFL and, and to inform the public about our project, they were asking me, uh, but I mean, uh, this kind of uh, acceleration, you, it's like very dangerous, it's like uh, going into space. So. There is some kind of also confusion or imagination that enters into the equation. Uh -huh. and the, the, what we are doing for the competition is a dragster, is something that has to run as fast as possible. But the reality that is that if you want to build a, an infrastructure for people to go around, the acceleration that you can provide during the, during the, the traveling cannot be higher than the one that you feel in the airplane. So 
I don't think that you will feel something different from an airplane or uh, from a very fast train, but mm. or. Uh, yeah, it, it would be like a normal feeling. The only thing is that you will be in a capsule in a vacuum, like uh, like if you are in space. So, <laughs> so. Yeah. now moving on to uh, the competition this year. So you said that you were, you know, in the process of uh, finalizing the design and that you were gonna start building soon. It's, yeah, usually yeah. Uh, end of January. The, beginning of February is the time where we start working okay. on that. So what, what, what do you need now, like uh, in terms of, you know, where you are at in the project? Um, do you need maybe sponsors or like support from uh, specific, you know, specific expertise that you might not have or that you're looking for? Like, Yeah, the, the project by itself, uh, and I speak from the point of view of the say, of the global organization. It uh, relies on two things, which is the time that we have available, and also the in infrastructure support that we have available. It's a project that really creates something, and for this reason, uh, it, it it's I have to like <laughs> destroy a little bit of the poetry <laughs> in it. Uh, but uh, we need we need actually the the financial support of our sponsor in order to buy pieces and uh, work on it uh, and uh, machine parts of the pod and, of course. and so on and, and this is one part of the project we have just a, a team which is the business team that is dedicating to find us the possibilities uh, to uh, access uh, to material and, uh, and build yeah and, and, yeah. Build, and yeah. build it but then obviously we have all the students that uh, they face maybe sometimes some difficult problems and then at that point it enters in the technical aspect of it uh, and so uh, that's where the school or the connection of the school with companies that can provide some suggestions some advising uh, on some particular aspect they enter into the equation right <laughs> okay so you need uh, you need uh, sponsorship yes <laughs> and uh, you need uh, support but you already have Lots of uh, support, but you need more of it. <laughs> yeah, it, it really depends on which uh, kind of problem we are facing okay. in, in, in the way. Of course. Like, um, it's uh, like a, a very uh, funny thing is uh, we always think about the the pod itself, uh, the and the and the and the performance of the of the capsule that we are building, but in reality. We have also to, to think about all the logistics of it and uh, how we move uh, uh, maybe one uh, pod of 300 kilos exactly. around, uh, around the competition area. Um, so at some point we had to ask ourselves this question and say, okay, how do we move it? And we had to find uh, some company that was giving us maybe the, 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 the material or the, the connection to the to the forklift in order to to lift the pod uh, and uh, and make all the, <laughs> yeah, all, the all the transportation and logistics possible. Uh, other things that are very uh, interesting from let's say the, the the general point of view of the how the the, the team has to move and and do uh, things is a uh, logistic by itself for American teams is way different than for European teams. We have to ship everything by plane. And to ship by plane, there are very strict rules, which are the right. aviation rules. Yes. So, 
um, our pod uh, is defined as a transportation vehicle already because it's easier from the point of view of the restriction that we have. But uh, for example, we cannot pack too much power in the one box. So we have to uh, unmount our pod and then remount our pod when we are in, in US. Really? Yes. Okay. <laughs> um, and so all these little aspects can uh, cost you weeks of work. And and we learned on our skin <laughs> this problem because we were very late with the shipment uh, when we were in Los Angeles and we have been a lot of logistic issues. Now we know exactly what we have to do. Okay. And so for the next time... <laughs> Learn by doing. Exactly. Yeah. In, in this respect, the companies that helped us with the shipment and, uh, and with all the parts that uh, they were supplying us obviously are fundamental. The, having somebody telling you Maybe you have been searching for a specific parts for many, many hours, <laughs> many days, and then having somebody expert that tells you, look, I know what you're looking for, but maybe you can use this other part and it's solving your life. It's like, okay, fine, <laughs> fantastic, <laughs> finally. Uh, okay. But that's, that, that's the... <laughs> that's yeah, exactly. It's, uh... You know, just to finish, uh, two questions. So the first one is... Uh, about Switzerland and uh, innovation, so it's quite broad. But like, what is you know, what, how do you think Switzerland is perceived outside of Switzerland about you know for their innovation? Really, and it's more than innovation, also innovation, but uh, reliability of the technology. Really, we have seen that both three teams, I think, were uh, acknowledged at SpaceX, except for failed. Uh, mm -hmm. they, they were the small failure we had, but for to have safe design that are documented, that are uh, proven, that are doing in a, let's say, a rigorous way. Um, yeah, in a Swiss way. In a Swiss way. Really, that was something really yeah, um, significant, I would say, from that perspective, that the, the feedbacks we, we had from SpaceX is that uh, uh, the engineering we, we did, and I think, yeah, the, the way uh, American people uh, perceive uh, Swiss engineering is given that rigorous way of doing things. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, um, you know, in terms of uh, you and your team, so what makes you unique? Mm -hmm. What's your, you know, maybe it can be, do you, uh, so that's a question uh, I asked. I, I think yeah. we, we had two things in the team that makes us unique. I think we were a really international team and we are still a really international team. I think we had yeah. 15 different countries. Yeah, so uh, there were more different countries within our team than uh, countries of origin of different teams in the competition uh, in Los Angeles. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and the second is that we were, I think, the the, the team with the most women uh, of the whole competition. We have we had twenty five percent of yeah, women, yeah. which could seems uh, not lots, but for those kind of competition, those kind of domain, if we compare with Formula One or things like that, it's really a lot, and we were the team with the most. Okay, that's great. The biggest parts uh, of. Uh, Women. Okay, cool. And uh, where can we, for the public, so if we want to go and see the pod from last year, where can we go and can we see it? Or? Yeah, the pod will be soon exposed uh, here at EPFL right. uh, in the Department of uh, Electrical Engineering. Um, it will be possible to see it because it will be uh, located in the school available for the public to see it. Uh, we usually have uh, multiple public engagement um, 
So usually you can learn more about our activities through the social media pages, EPFL Loop, and uh, on the, our website, epflloop.ch. Mm -hmm. uh, those are um, the, the channels where you can find us. And um, yes. Yeah. That's good. It. <laughs> yes, good. So thank you very much. Uh, it was great. Uh, great talking to you. And uh, yes. Pleasure for us. It's a pleasure for us. Thank you very much. Thank you.